What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is 1050 AM, KCAA, Loma Linda, and 106.5 FM, Yucaipa. CNBC Radio, after being dragged down by a more than 1% fall in financial stocks, the Dow rose 13 points and the Nasdaq was up 4 Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo dropped 2%. Wells Fargo fell after UBS downgraded it to sell, setting the bank's cloudy revenue outlook and credit risks that extend beyond its energy portfolio. The price of oil closed under $40 a barrel as traders worry about record-high U.S. inventories. Durable goods orders fell nearly 3% more than expected last month. But better-than-expected jobless claims data showed the labor market was stronger than previously thought. Staples was up 8% after a report said a U.S. judge rebuked the Federal Trade Commission's legal tactics in the Staples and Office Depot merger case. And both Signet Jewelers and Accenture are up 4% after strong quarterly results. Wall Street closed tomorrow for Good Friday. John Lesher, CNBC Radio. California headline news. A staffer reported seeing a man with a gun on the campus of the Naval Medical Center San Diego this morning. Employees and patients sheltering in place while authorities search the facility. And the FBI is hoping the courts can now be avoided now that they may have found another way to break into an iPhone belonging to one of the San Bernardino shooters. Lots of folks have come to us with potential ideas. It looks like we now have one that may work out. We're optimistic and we'll see. FBI Director James Comey says going to court to force Apple to cooperate was always a last resort. A JetBlue flight attendant surrenders to authorities in New York after dropping nearly 70 pounds of cocaine at LAX last Friday. She bolted out of that airport, Terminal 4 at LAX on Friday, running as fast as she could. She was on the loose until she turned herself in in New York and will face charges today in court of intent to deliver it. Correspondent David Curley. Geico weather, warm and dry conditions today. Low 80s in Southern California, upper 60s in the Bay Area. Jeff Scott, California News. You're home after a long day preparing dinner when... Ew! What's that? It smells like rotten eggs. That might be a natural gas leak. It can't be. We don't have any natural gas appliances. Even if you don't use natural gas, that rotten egg odor could be a sign of a leak in your neighborhood. Because gas lines can be buried anywhere. Shut up. No, speak up. If you ever suspect a leak, leave immediately and call 911 and Southwest Gas. Thanks, deep voice narrator. You're very welcome. Control, do you like mortgages? Negative. Over. Do you like rockets? Affirmative. Over. Do you like rocket mortgages? I'm listening. Over. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans is the first on-demand mortgage machine that turns the entire mortgage process into a fast, powerful, completely online experience. Copy that, QL1. I'm going to go ahead and push this button in. Three, two, one. 
mortgage at quickenloans.com. Push button, get mortgage. Rocket. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS consumer access. Dot org number 3030. From the KCA Weather Center, I'm Keith Langlots. For tonight, mostly clear, low 52. A west wind guesting as high as 25. Daytime Friday, sunny high 81. Southwest wind guesting as high as 25. Friday night, mostly clear with a low 51. Saturday, we start the weekend sunny and a high 80. However, a south wind gusting as high as 30. Saturday night, clear at low 52 again. Sunday, sunny and a high 80 once more. Saturday night, we finish the weekend. Patchy fog, otherwise increasing clouds with a low 51. That's your weather forecast for this hour. From KCAA, 106.5 FM and 1050 AM, the stations that leave no listener behind. Here's the latest to Miven Heidenrich. Anti-terror raids in Brussels are resulting in the arrest of six people. Major police operations are underway in the Belgian capital in response to Tuesday's attacks that left over 30 people dead and more than 250 injured. Meantime, in Paris, authorities say they've stopped a terrorist plot with the arrest of a person they've described as a high-level operative. Vice President Joe Biden is pushing Senate Republicans to consider federal judge Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court. No one question his integrity. You've heard no one question his open-mindedness. You've found no one to find any substance of criticism. Biden spoke today at Georgetown University as Republican leaders have vowed to ignore the nomination during the president's final year in office. Hollywood is paying tribute to Gary Shandling, who died today at 66 years old. Steve Martin called Shandling a very special comedian with a beautifully unpredictable mind. TMZ reported that Shandling died of a massive heart attack. You're listening to the latest from 24-7 News. KCAA 1050 AM and 106.5 FM have something special for you this holiday weekend. Oh, there goes another one. Oh, I tell you, it's going to be a big time. you got to get out there to Fremont Raceway. Top double-A dragsters, nitro fuelers. Oh, you're going to see a whole lot of lassies with classy chassis. Oh, I spit all over myself. Join us all day this Sunday for a holiday gift. It's the Wolfman on the weekend. The real Wolfman right here all day long on KCAA, 1050 AM and 106.5 FM. You're listening to KCAA Loma Linda at 106.5 FM, K293CF, Moreno Valley. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension, a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, a dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance of things and ideas. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the water zone.
because you know it's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, no water. It's all about that drought, about that drought, 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 drought. Yeah, it's pretty clear. We're really short on blue. It's time to save it, save it, like we're supposed to do. Some say it's doom, gloom, and all our grass must go. But together we can make it and enjoy our golden state. It's all about that drop, about that drop. Well, from the mountains to the desert to the oceans to all across America and back to sunny downtown San Bernardino, welcome to the Water Zone Show. I'm Mike and I'm Rob. Actually, you're Rob, <laughs> but you are in the Water Zone. I wanted to be Mike today. <laughs> all right, we'll switch. Welcome, over. Mike Barron. Hey, I can't be as uh, off the cuff and humorous as you are and also have a lot of good facts, but hey, it's great to be here. Excellent show last Thursday talking about ag-related topics, how to save energy with well-adjusted pumps, correct pressures, and just amazing what uh, technology in the hands of knowledgeable people can accomplish. Yep. Inge and Paul did a great job. We had great guests and uh, uh, John Lee and uh, uh, Zaldowski. Yeah, Dave Zaldowski. You know, we interviewed him back in November at the Irrigation Association show. And, you know, he was very knowledgeable about landscape irrigation and technologies used in landscape applications. But lo and behold, he was just as knowledgeable about agricultural-related irrigation topics. So we have some good news for the day. Did it rain? Not here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a good thing happened, and I I, I have to be proud, and I'm going to let you tell about it, um, about the Toro Company. Oh, yes, yes. March 22nd, as I'm sure all you listeners know, was World Water Day. And for the first time in the history of the United States, there was a White House water summit held in the Eisenhower building that's adjacent the White House in Washington, D.C. Well, the White House had solicited information from companies, agencies, academic um, academicians about what was being done to help improve the water use efficiency in the entire United States, and for that matter, the world. And And they told everybody to listen to the water zone. I wish they would have. (laughs) You didn't pay them enough. But the water zone did get mentioned because the Toro Company's submittal in response to requests from the White House was accepted and was included in the formal documentation that was published for the White House Water Summit. And our CEO, Mike Hoffman, um, indicated that it really was quite an honor. He said, it's an honor to be part of today's White House Water Summit and bring attention to the important issue of water and efforts to protect this resource. At Toro, we take great pride in our responsibility to develop products and solutions to help our customers in turf, landscape, and agricultural markets conserve our resources and apply water more efficiently when and where it is needed. It's through these innovations and our great partnerships that we can help make a difference. Well, I got to say kudos. I'm very proud to work for Toro. 
and I know you are too, and uh, they do a great job. I know we don't sit here and make this an infomercial, but we had to give a little credit where credit is due, and, and uh, we certainly have a great leader at the helm and also our great divisional uh, leader, leader, Phil Burkhart, yep. and, uh, and we have a great team, and I think that's what makes us uh, a good company. En- enough about us. That's right. Now let's get to what's happening in the world of water. Are we out of the drought yet? Rob? Absolutely not. No. Unfortunately, in Southern California, we're below average in rainfall during the season that started October 1st through today, right. which is March 24th. 24th. Uh, but up in Northern California, they've had more rain, more than average rain, and about average snowfall. So the interesting thing is And I don't know if it's because the weather has warmed in Northern California that some of the extra snow that we got is starting to melt faster than what we expected. Because we want to keep that snow, all that water in the snowpack as long as possible. But the two largest reservoirs in the state of California, Lake Shasta and Lake Oroville, have now both risen above the historical average capacity. And what that means, do you know what that means? Yeah, they're going to start draining it. They are starting to let water out, and not because the rivers need it or the fish need it or there's an environmental reason for it. It's because they do have to prepare in case there's unexpected rainfall that turns into flooding. So why can't they give that water to people, load them up in tanker trucks and drive them somewhere? like the farmers or somewhere else, instead of just dumping it? Well, you know, the problem is, I I think, is that there isn't an infrastructure to pipe that water into water ports and then, I mean, and then then boat it down the coast and then, you know, deliver it to another area. So that's what our canal system that's over 435 miles long is designed to do. But a third of our water that we used to get through the pumping station up in the Sacramento Delta, of course, has had to be basically turned off right. because there are environmental uh, issues with respect to the Endangered Species Act. Nope. So that's that's the that's the challenge. But they are working on two tunnels, at least a proposal, right. to spend several billion dollars uh, to tunnel underneath the delta and funnel water. And uh, it's called the California Fix. Yep. Now, I think they mean it's to help California, not the other kind of fix. You mean the fix isn't in? Yeah, the fix isn't in. <laughs> because there are a lot of uh, discussions about, hey, should we spend that kind of money? What is, what, what's the impact going to do? But I will tell you one thing that's true, and that is the key decision makers understand that you've got to fix the Sacramento Delta. You've got to respect the environmental requirements and you have to provide water for people. So it's not a either-or. It's a we got to do all three. Oh, absolutely. Well, going back to what you were talking about, Shasta and Oroville, you know, Monday it was up to 854.82 feet. And I think their, their limit to discharge has to be at around 900. So that's coming real quick. And then in the ones in Southern California, uh, or Central and Southern California, there's five reservoirs that are still below 50% of historical average. So... Um, like you said, we don't want the snow to be melting real quick, but we also need other water to fill what we got down here. And, of course, uh, even though the reservoirs might get all filled, the issue is that we have had to pump so much water out of the, in the previous four years of the drought that our groundwater basins are, de- if not depleted, they're about 
it's been estimated 100 feet lower today than they were a year ago. So there's going to be a limit as to how many gallons, acre feet of water we can pump out of our aquifers. And so we need this. We really needed more than average rainfall. Soon in uh, April, mid-April, the State Water Resources Control Board will announce what the watering goals, what the water reduction goals are, water use reduction. It's still going to be based on 2013 baseline, but I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere between 15 to 20% savings. But it might be 25. It, it may just be 25. It all depends on, do you know, what they do on April 1st up there in Northern California. <laughs> it's April Fool's Day. Yes. Let's but, get real. <laughs> yeah. But in this case, they measured the snowpack. Right. And depending on what water content they measure determines whether we're going to have Less restrictions or more restrictions? Were, so we, that, gonna, were we going to go to that? I, I, I had asked the few and I wanted to go. Well, do you there. have skis? No, we got press passes. Okay, <laughs> that, well, maybe we that, need to go work. there to see for ourselves. You yes. know that this is a fake deal. You know where they just <laughs> pretend not to have any snow. Right, there are definitely snow there. Well, also on the first uh, is the kickoff for the National Mayor's Challenge, Wyland's National Mayor's Challenge for Water Conservation. We're doing that in San Diego. Uh, Excellent. The, the city council, the mayor, it's going to be held at the uh, San Diego Gas and Electric uh, Center. And uh, they have uh, San Diego County Water Authority and a whole bunch of other water districts going to be there. They're bringing also the Wyland's Mobile Learning Experience Truck, which is a 68-foot vehicle, like movie a, theater, and yeah, it's rains amazing. and does everything. So that's going to be there. Uh, they got coverage on CBS, NBC, and uh, ABC, so that should be really good. So do you have to live in San Diego in order to be able to participate in the Mayor's Challenge? No, you can be anywhere in the country. And they're going to exp- actually they're expanding the program to go abroad, but anybody can uh, go to their website, uh, WeilandFoundation.org, uh, and go to the uh, uh, Mayor's Challenge, and you do a pledge, and a pledge isn't for money. I don't want anybody to get confused when you say you're going to make a they pledge. They want a commitment. A commitment. All it is, you 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 go into the website and you say, hey, I'm gonna, I believe in saving water. I'm gonna shut it off when I brush my teeth. I'm not gonna water as much outside. I'm not gonna hose my car down. And that's all you do. And if you and and they collect all these names. And, and, and pledges, and then at the end they pick the five. Uh, there's five divisions into city sizes, and you get to win. Uh, somebody can win, which they've done every year for the last five years, a fifty thousand dollar Prius. Uh, they can get uh, tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, we're giving away of Toro uh, smart irrigation products, uh, plus gift cards and all kinds of other things. So everybody who enters has a chance to win. And again, it doesn't cost you anything. It's just a promise that you're going to be more wise about how you use your water. And the website, if I remember correctly, you know, identifies ways that you can save water. So it's not like right. you've got to think about how you're going to do it. It gives you basically a list of right. things that you can do. You can say, hey, I can do – I can uh, turn the, the uh, faucet off when I'm brushing my teeth. I can – use my toilet a couple times before I flush. I can water twice a week instead of, you know, right. four and times it's, a week. It's a great thing to have. So that's happening actually on April 1st as well in San Diego. But one of the things I know you're interested in and that we had talked and actually had some gentlemen on the phone, uh, occupants of 11,000 new single-family houses under construction near Tracy, which is up north, will be able to recycle their shower, bath, laundry, and sink water on site by a system designed by Australian water engineers. And the company is... Nexus E-Systems. We had Ralph Petrov, yes, who was yes. the chairman of the board on here. By the way, they were mentioned also at the White yes. House uh, Water Summit. Yep. 
And uh, so that's going to be something nice. Uh, in fact, um, White House Science Advisor John Holdren, who has been helping drive the administration's water policy, said on Tuesday's summit uh, was planned to coincide with World Water Day. And while it comes at the tail of the Obama presidency, they're going to be passing along a lot of good ideas and such, which work and didn't work. But anyway, treating gray water within each home is conceptually sort of like solar panels. That's what uh, uh, Ralph Petrov said. The company designed the system employed at River Islands, a master plan development in the town of Lathrop, which is in the San Joaquin Valley near Tracy. And the company calls the project the first major development in the world to combine on-site gray water reuse with recycled energy from home water. Now, they started off at a project with KB Homes towards San Diego. They did 52 homes, and that worked really well. But there's also an issue with that. When they do that, they're worrying about uh, – well, no, I'll get that in the next article. Uh, when people are trying to save water, reduce water, there's, there's issues. For example, rice growing innovation. I don't know if you heard about this. I was talking to Inge and, and Paul from our micro-irrigation group the other day. I thought you were going to say something about when you, when you go to low-flush toilets, you know you don't get enough water to kind of push everything through, right. through the uh, sewer pipes. And someday we'll talk about how they do the testing. And it's very interesting how they do toilet testing. It's, it's, it's really a hoot, but we'll save that for a different day. Uh, but anyway, they're replacing the typical large fields of rice paddies with drip line, drip irrigation, in an effort to curb the state's scarce water. And uh, so the California rice farmers pride themselves on environmental stewardship, saying their flooded fields provide habitat for millions of ducks and geese in the era when traditional marshlands have largely disappeared. So there's a, a giant farm conglomerate owned by a company or a gentleman named Angelo. I can't pronounce this. It sounds Greek to me. I don't mean that funny, <laughs> but his name is, I believe, is Greek. Sakopoulos, I guess. And uh, and they're going to they're gonna be doing a test with some drip irrigation to see whether it can grow rice with water measured in drops. And they have a ranch at 17,000-acre farm. But they're, they're scared away. There's a lot of people that are, if, if you move away from flood irrigation to subsurface, one can save 45 to 50% of water, which is a great thing. And they have a, pri- uh, a project consultant. He's a hydrologist. And guess from what country he comes from? Well, let's see. Australia? No, Israel. Ah. <laughs> they were the first to do that. That was my second guess. Yeah. And uh, so they have a gentleman who's doing that. But what was interesting, yet the possibility of Central Valley farmers switching to drip irrigation in droves is stirring concern among farmers and environmentalists because of their importance that rice fields play a surrogate habitat, habitat Excuse me, to replace the vast north state wetlands that people have plowed or paved over. So what do you do? <laughs> you try to save water and then you can't feed the birds or... <laughs> Well, it's um, that. That's there's always an unintended consequence if you yep. just focus on just the one objective. Like, for example, turning the water off on street medians mm-hmm. uh, during last summer, and forgetting that the trees need to be watered, and then we we have a bunch of dead trees. Yep. These are incredible sources of uh, they they suck up the carbon. They also provide shade. They cool. Um, and all of a sudden, we know we're going to see some of the ramifications of... of oh, it's like them putting inflation. artificial turf down, which generates more heat. And some reports recent are coming out that it causes cancer and kids that play on it all the time. But yep. lots, of, lots of different things. Anything else worthwhile? Well, the only thing is, um, you know, sometimes I think of, um, you know, with mar- medicinal marijuana being legalized in so many places, maybe everywhere, uh, it's interesting that these folks that are growing the marijuana don't necessarily respect the environment. Uh, there's a situation in Shasta County 
where a pot farm owner was fined $100,000 because they fouled the watershed by excavating tons of dirt to put their plants into. You know, they basically mm-hmm. carved out part of a, a hill and that that all I don't that, know anything about that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you don't want to you don't want to know that. But no. <laughs> uh, but it was interesting because the owner of the land would not release any information about who the lessee was, who the grower was. Oh. So there must be a lot of money in that medicinal. Uh, medicinal What's that country farm? western guy Willie Nelson? Yeah. He started a company. He's doing that in the marijuana business. It's called Willie, Willie's Weed. How do you know that? I saw that in the magazine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. I did. Well, anyway, we got some good guests and just want to talk about uh, what's going to happen. We have a, a gentleman from Cucamonga Valley Water District. And before we go into that, I just want to know that the Cucamonga Valley Water District, if anybody's near them, which is up in Rancho Cucamonga, they're in partnership with the Frontier Project Foundation, and they're preparing for the 2016 Earth Day and Open House scheduled for April 2nd. And that's going to be a big event. Last year they had over 1,500 attendees. This year they're looking over 2,000. Have 100 participating vendors and agencies. Um, uh, and that's a, that is, I can recommend you, you, that and you, event. And you do that event because I've done that event. I think four years, and I can tell you that besides kind of have pizza or drinks, and uh, they have a lot of educational information, but they also have some fun activities for children. Yep. So. That it just there's something for everybody there, and you can get your sprinkler questions answered. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and we're also giving away Toro smart controllers. Excellent, because I know that uh, uh, Rancho Cucamonga Valley Water District is uh, participating in a contractor installed program yep. with those controllers, the Toro uh, Evolution controllers. So, who knows? You might be able to win one of those. And learn about it if you come on out. Absolutely. Well, anyway, uh, we're lucky. We caught up with uh, a gentleman named James Curatello. He's uh, <clears throat> he was elected to the board of directors of the Rancho, uh, uh, Cuc- sorry, the Cucamonga Valley Water District uh, back in November '99. He serves on the Human Resources Risk Management and Water Resources Committee. Uh, he's a regular, also district special me- uh, member for the counties of San Bernardino Local Agency Formation Commission. He's actually chairman. And uh, he was retired from a career in the fire service with Rancho Cucamonga Fire Protection District. His background and experience includes fire safety, technical rescue, hazardous material incident management, and as a training officer for the district. And uh, so anyway, we'd like to bring him onto the show and uh, have a little section. But anyway, uh, for people that want to call in and talk to us, it's uh, 909-888-5222. And if you're outside that district, it's 1-888-909-1050. And this is uh, KCAA 1050 AM and 106. Point five. So let's bring in our guest. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Mike and Rob. Thank you. Great. Can you tell us a little about Cucamonga Valley Water District? Sure. We are a special district form of government. We serve all of Rancho Cucamonga, parts of Upland, Ontario, Fontana, and some unincorporated county land. We uh, cover a about 47 square miles, and serve just about 200,000 people with water and wastewater, that would be sewer services. Um, We were established as a district in 1955, and our mission and goal is to provide safe and reliable water to our community. Well, um, given that that, uh, kind of mission, 
now that it's been about a year since Governor Brown declared the drought emergency and the Water Resource Control Board uh, began conservation enforcement, uh, I'm sure you've probably experienced some, some things that maybe were anticipated but also not anticipated. Can you tell us how that, those declarations from the State Water Resources Control Board affected or impacted Cucamonga Valley Water District? Yes, of course. Um, you know, first, the statewide drought has impacted all areas of California, and everyone should do their best and their part toward good stewardship of water, which is one of our most vital natural resources. But in order to comply with the state-mandated conservation goals, uh, we need to sell less water as a water agency. And that places a financial burden on our community and on our, on our customers. Like all water agencies, we have certain fixed costs for facilities and infrastructures, and we need to maintain those uh, facilities. And so we had to, uh, by having to conserve water, that means less sales, that translates to less revenues. We had to temporarily adjust our rates up for a drought rate um, so we can maintain the financial coverage of those facilities. You know, I think it's interesting to think about, um, you know, water agencies preparing or planning, investing for that uh, eventuality of a drought in California because it's been said at times, you know, in California nowadays it seems like you're either in a drought coming out of a drought or going back into a drought. Can you share with us a little bit about uh, the kinds of plans that Cucamonga Valley Water District had in place in anticipation of Absolutely. a event? Absolutely, and thank you for providing the opportunity. Um, we live in Southern California. That's no secret to anyone. I've uh, served for over 30 years as a firefighter here in Southern California, and so whether it's from the perspective of a firefighter or from a, a water official, California and Southern California is a, there's, it's always historically been a cycle of drought and then even floods. So that, that's a fixture in Southern California. Well, from a water perspective, we always anticipate periods of drought. And so we've prepared for that by way of storage, whether it be above ground storage, reservoirs, and even groundwater storage, which is referred to sometimes as groundwater banking, where during wet seasons we purchase water more than we need at that time, and we uh, percolate it and store it in particular basins, and we actually establish a groundwater account where we can, during a time of drought, pump that water from that water savings account. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That was a major... Uh part of our drought contingency plan. Um, now, if you're going to store water, you need to be able to pump it and you need to be able to move it or convey it to the areas you need. Within Now, this is within our district. So over, well, I've been on the board over 15 years. About 13 years ago, we really started that effort. And we've been storing water. We've been providing the infrastructure to store and move the water. Um, for exactly the situation we, we're in now with the drought. But the governor's mandate and the, the mandate from the state water board, it did not allow us to implement our plan. And I know that may sound a little funny. And, and their best aim and effort was to relieve uh, or to help with the water situation, but it didn't allow us to actually implement our plan. So... Put an extra burden on us. Yeah, that's got to be uh, that's got to be a real challenge in terms of uh, planning, preparing, investing, and then basically uh, be prevented from implementing that that plan that that the agency had invested in. And I know the challenge too is as your revenues go down. I mean, I think as a business, if our revenues were to decline 20, 25 percent. Uh, that would be very, very serious, and I think more so for water agencies in that so much of the expenses are fixed expenses uh, associated with the infrastructure. So, um, so you, start, you started saving 13 years ago, basically, is what you're saying, and, yep. and you certainly reduced up until the time the State uh, Water Resources Board uh, said, said you need to reduce more. How much did you save up to then, and then you had to take another, I guess the word is sure. Yeah. Uh, well, if you recall, Governor Schwarzenegger had a 2020 plan, and in that he asked water agencies to aim to reduce their overall consumption by 20% by the year 2020. Well, at CVWD, Cucamonga Valley Water District, you know, number one, we're a public agency. The community owns this water district. It's a five-member elected board made up of residents from this community. We simply represent our residents. Um, we, uh, working towards Governor Schwarzenegger's 2020 plan, we had already reached about 20%, 18-point-something percent of conservation when Governor Brown put on us an additional 32% without accounting for the 20 prior. So really, our community is being asked to save since 2009. We're being asked to cut by 50%. So that, that's a major hit. And we're a public agency. We're not here for profit. But we charge our rates are set to charge enough to provide the service. Well, if you're selling less water, you have less revenue, so rates have to temporarily be adjusted up for the drought. Uh, it's a drought rate is what we had to 
uh, establish. Now, if you just convert that into a business uh, sense, if you had a hamburger stand and you have your rent and all of your utilities and all those things and you're being told to sell 50% less hamburgers, you can't stay open unless you adjust your rates. Well, water is a vital uh, resource, and unfortunately, people can't go to another hamburger stand or a water stand. This is their community, their water district, but we're managing it to the best of our ability on their behalf. And so rates have to be temporarily adjusted up to, to maintain our, our operation. Are there any ongoing actions or discussions you're having with the state in regards to that? Yes, there have been. Um, and I have to tell you that uh, it's been very frustrating. Uh, and I don't want to get too out there politically, but it's very frustrating. And the state is a distant governance. You know, um, they're not right here in our community. The wonderful and very one of the virtues of local government, you're accessible, you're accountable, and hopefully responsive to the community you serve. And when we have to adjust rates or do anything like that, the community comes to our meetings. I mean, they show up and they get to express their concerns, and we generally respond to them. Um, the state's been less than responsive, I, I would say. They, they've got their uh, plan, and they seem to be implementing it, and it's not uh, – you know, one of the frustrating things was they implemented this plan, and it was almost a surprise to water agencies. There wasn't much notice, and I don't – to my knowledge, I don't know that they conferred with many, many water agencies before they developed the plan. And one size fits all was uh, general, that's generally how you could describe their plan. Uh, one side says, oh, well, California is a very diverse uh, state. Uh, we have different climates and different different situations. We're in Southern California. Um, well, we're being ordered just like Northern California, and, you know, it rains up there. People have, they, they don't have to do their landscape or certain things like we do down here. Anyway, it, it's been very difficult for us to adjust to, but... I can tell you the good news is we have enjoyed a great degree of success because of the community, the residents participating in conservation, as well as some of our biggest customers. The city of Rancho Cucamonga has been a very uh, great partner in helping us achieve our goals. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that, uh, the, drink, the California Drink Portal. I want to congratulate uh, your uh, water utility, uh, because in January, the at least the reported per capita consumption of water uh, was below in 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 your service area below the the region's per capita number and below the statewide uh, per capita number. So uh, you've obviously been very effective with with your programs and with your communication. Um, can you share maybe just a couple of highlights of of what you think? has enabled the utility to, to be as effective as it has been? Sure. Um, well, number one, we're not new to conservation. I, I explained to you we've prepared, and our communities participated very well with conservation. Um, we've always had uh, public education and communication as a top priority with a conservation message. 
and not just slogans. We've developed programs for homeowners, for businesses, for students, for landscaping uh, professionals, as well as amateur landscapers. Um, we've reached out and uh, we've encouraged customers, obviously, to cut back. Um, we've also uh, we we actually have a uh, we had to pass an ordinance, but what we like to do is inspire people to conserve rather than force people to conserve. They realize it's their resource, it's our resource, and they've done a good job. Um, we've limited uh, outside watering. We've uh, assigned certain days, three days a week, to each resident. Um, there's no watering after uh, 48 hours of rain. Um, water runoff, we've asked people to please um, pay attention to that so we can avoid that unnecessary waste. Um, and I'm, I'm getting specific here, but I can tell you it's been an ongoing effort for a long time, and a, a, a large degree of the success that we're enjoying now is because our customer base, the people that own this water district and this community, have um, a good degree of knowledge when it comes to uh, – and the right spirit when it comes to conservation. Um, we've even offered uh, – and have about 500 customers that have participated already, but a $300 rebate to customers to take out parkway grass, turf, and that would be the grass between the curb and a sidewalk. And typically, um, that area is one of the most difficult to irrigate without waste. You usually get, uh, unless you've got real good uh, um, no, even if irrigation device. That's one of the most challenging areas to water efficiently. And, yes, uh, it is. That's, that's, that, in our opinion, is a smart way to approach turf removal, where it's really non-functional and it's very difficult to, to irrigate efficiently. So, and I think that's a, a good way to go. Right. And, and we, uh, you know, with, with the right sprinkler heads, obviously, you can, you can uh, aim your water and using your uh, sprinklers at the right time of day, avoiding wind, you avoid the overspread of sidewalks and street, like, uh, which is a, a real problem. Um, you know, and, and I, I can tell you, the partnership that we've enjoyed with Toro for many years and with other water agencies that we've, we've uh, enjoyed, um, it's been a real benefit to, to our, uh, our community. Uh, from the free sprinkler uh, program that we've we've had and offered to customers. Um, you know, over the last year alone, I believe the number is we've had over 60,000 high-efficiency devices installed through that wow. program, which we developed with Toro. And uh, just that effort alone, um, we estimate that we're saving 2.5 million gallons of water every year, and that's ongoing. And if we increase that program and increase that effort, that translates into some real savings. I believe also you're going to offer or you are offering uh, uh, direct install for controllers, smart controllers as well. That will keep that yeah. water off for 48 hours after a rainfall yeah. automatically. So that's, that's, a, that's a good part of the plan. But have, that's going right. Back, going back to what you said, have you seen, since you're a resident, have you seen any reduction in home building growth or commercial endeavors, you know, expanding into your territory or 
everything's going as normal still. Well, we, we've seen a reduction, as everyone has, but that's been more economy-based. We do have water here. Our supply, we have planned and we have provided. Now, we're in a drought. We're in a drought. But we have adequate water supplies and adequate facilities and storage and means to provide the water to support healthy environment in our community, which is vitally important to a community. It's an engine of prosperity for a community. And so one of our, uh, you know, main goals is to provide the water that our community needs and that our community wants for uh, their home and recreation and, and everything else. But to not waste it, to conserve when you can, to be good stewards. That's one of our uh, core values is good stewardship. I think one of the consequences I've seen of the communication of the impact of the drought and how significant it was is getting people, the average person like Rob and myself, to really take a step back and think about the water supply, where it comes from, the energy that is invested to transport and treat water so that as a consumer I can turn on my faucet uh, and have drinkable water 24-7. Not every country in the world uh, has the kind of infrastructure, water infrastructure that we have, don't, don't you think? Absolutely. Uh, that's very well put. Um, and as a consequence, because we do have it so well here in America and in California and certainly in our water district, um, it's, it could be easy to take it for granted because you walk to the faucet and you turn it on and it's there. Now, what we try to do is educate people to what's behind the faucet, what, what, you know, what led up to the faucet. And our water system here in California is, is pretty incredible. It needs to be updated. It needs to be improved. But um, in Rancho Cucamonga, for instance, our water supply, we have three, but we really say four, sources of water supply. The oldest and most historic um, source of water is our surface streams. We have several major canyons here in the San Gabriel Mountains that run into our valley here, into Rancho Cucamonga. That's the reason, that's the reason that indigenous people settled here, and that's the reason explorers came through here and ranches and farms and everything else was developed. If the water wasn't here, people would have never stopped. So there's that historic surface water. Then we have groundwater. Cucamonga Valley, we sit over two major basins. One is the Cucamonga Basin, which is right along the foothills at Upland and Rancho Cucamonga, western Rancho Cucamonga. Then the Chino Basin, which is a very significant water basin, which runs from about Red Hill all the way down the Prado Dam and into Fontana and then toward Pomona. Um, that's a very big basin. We have wells over those basins. So that's surface water, groundwater, and then about 40% of our water comes from the state water project. Um, that when you hear metropolitan... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Water district. Well, they provide that water, and that water actually originates from way up above Sacramento, Lake Oroville, and it comes through the Sacramento Delta and runs south to Lake Silverwood for us, and then... We have a treatment facility, a major regional treatment facility that our community owns, which is called the Lloyd Michael Water Treatment Plant, and that's on Etiwanda Avenue. And then we have two other uh, facilities, less lesser but significant, that treat surface water, the stream water. So that's the third source. But then we've developed a number of years back a recycled water fund where the wastewater that we've had historically has been treated and then um, turned out into the Santa Ana River, and it flowed south in Orange County and even the ocean, but it flowed south. Well, we developed a, a recycled water fund and the ability to, to use that water, which takes a whole separate infrastructure, by the way. Now, that's reservoirs, pipes, pumps, everything. And we use that water for... Uh, irrigation and industrial use. And so at the moment, that water's mainly used on the south end of our district, um, in those commercial areas. And, and you said water is a expensive thing. It's a very heavy molecule. And it does take a lot of energy to move water uphill to pump it. So the treatment facilities obviously are downhill in the collection area. And so to reuse it and pump it up north or uphill, it does it does require uh, more electricity. And so actually, electricity is our third highest uh, cost for providing water. Wow! Wow! Very interesting. Did I get too detailed there? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's I think it's always fascinating to see how different water agencies uh, approach the issue of supply. You know, we just think, oh, you know, one agency, one supply, you know, that's it. But, uh, that's right. of course, conservation, all of the efforts around educating the community and getting them to uh, change their behavior to really be that, have that water ethic uh, front of mind as they take the shorter showers and turn off the faucets and reduce their lawn watering when we have weather that's cool and, you know, right. rain, right. it's great in March. It's, it's, uh, we certainly, we certainly are glad to see that after the dry February. So, uh, but, uh, this spring though, I know that, um, Cucamonga Valley Water District is going to have some events coming on. Can you share with us, uh, anything that's uh, relevant there? Oh boy, I'm gonna to have to look at my list. We have so many things going There's on. So many. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is when I wish. Where is Erin? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Erin's around. She, she yeah. does a great job. We've known Rob and I have known her for a number of years, and I gotta just tell you the the one event that really comes to my mind, of course, um, uh, is the uh, the Water Day. Earth Day. The Earth Day, and right. where they feature water is you know one of the things from from the Earth, but. I got to tell you, Rob and I attend many of uh, events like that, uh, community events, uh, open houses, uh, and yours is in the top five percent in terms of organization and attendance. 
people really turn out, and when they turn out, because we've been at our table with information, they come with questions. And, yes. uh, you know, that's a, it's really something to see that community, community engagement. Well, I know right. you're doing one because right, we're, we're, we're in it. We're going to be there on uh, eight, Saturday, April 2nd from 10 to 2, and it's the largest Earth Day event in the region. It offers free fun, education for the whole family, which Mike has just talked about. And you're going to have a uh, the host of Curiosity Quest, Joel Green. And Great I understand, job. Yeah, and I understand you're giving away or somebody has a chance to win a free Kenmore washer and dryer. I just had to go buy a new one. I won't tell you what I paid for it. Could have came and entered the contest. But um, there's a whole bunch of things that you're doing and showing about, uh, your, again, your free sprinkler nozzle program, your smart controllers and things of that sort. But it does get a lot of attendance, and it does a lot of good uh, benefits. Are we going to be able to give away some of those smart controllers? Yes, I'm yes. sure we can work it. Well, you complimented Erin. She, she runs it, so I'm sure she'll accommodate you. <laughs> no, you're you know, and, and, and I converted... And when you said we're in the top 5% in your judgment, I converted that to we're the best in your estimate. So, I argue with that statement. (laughs) Hey, you know, um, and we appreciate very much the partnership with Toro uh, and your support for years um, with events like this, and we certainly look forward to this one, this upcoming, and and then things in the future. Um, And, you know, we run the poster contest award ceremonies, uh, we have the Water Savvy Landscape Contest, where we actually go out and recognize people who have taken initiative to develop, um, in many cases, using your products and others, and landscape, you know, uh, plants and whatnot. Um, we have uh, May is our Save Our Water Month, um, and we host a public tour of our Lord Michael Treatment Plant that I mentioned earlier. That that will be May 19th, Thursday, May 19th. Okay. Um, and I know you guys participated in the San Bernardino Water Symposium uh, yep. in August, so we appreciate that as well. But, yep. uh, no, you guys do a lot. i got to tell you, coming out to your facility, there was, a, there was another water agency that's located in Orange County. I won't mention their name, but they're nice. They're nice. Yeah, that's good. We have many good friends. I'll say that. But uh, <laughs> you've got a beautiful facility. And the way it's landscaped and the way you guys take care of it and, and how you approach it is just unbelievable. So what I like about it is that you uh, incorporate demonstration sections, you know, where people can see some of the new landscaping techniques and plant material and irrigation technologies. And Because uh, when you see it, I think it's so much more meaningful than just reading about it. So Absolutely. that's right. a great thing. And, and, you know, the aim of that is we, we would like to be practical. Um, and if we're going to ask people to conserve and to, to do certain things to conserve water, well, we should practice it also. So we've invested in some of those educational displays and, uh, and facilities that people visit. And oftentimes they use our facility for facilities for other functions, you know, different groups and from educational to, to uh, water industry groups come in and, and it's very good and it provides an opportunity for even vendors with uh, uh, unique products or products that they believe are uh, beneficial to display them. So, yeah. Well, if you right. come by, if you attend on April 2nd, come on by the Toro table. We'll, we'd love to say hello. Yeah. 
Definitely, definitely. Great. I we certainly will be there. I hope listeners will come, too. Absolutely. Well, we'll be talking about this on our show every week leading up to that. And, uh, again, Jim, we appreciate you coming by and uh, uh, letting us talk with you, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on the second. Rob and Mike, pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity to communicate with our public, and it was a pleasure visiting with you and talking water, which is a great subject and a passion of ours. And, Absolutely. Uh, I thank you very much for the opportunity. Great. All right. We're thank gonna, you. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back to the Water Zone with Mike and Rob on KCAA 1050 AM, 106.5 FM. See you in a bit. Are you looking for the right place to purchase your landscaping items? Well, come see us at Hydroscape. Hydroscape offers a large selection of irrigation products, including Irritrol and Toro, such as their efficient precision nozzles. For 40 years, Hydroscape has been family-owned and operated, serving Southern California. With 17 locations, our knowledgeable and experienced staff is equipped to help you with all your irrigation, landscape, and outdoor living projects. Whether you're installing irrigation systems, wanting to maintain a healthy landscape, or simply create a beautiful lit space for outdoor entertaining, Hydroscape is the place to go. Visit our website at hydroscape.com for more information and find helpful articles on our blog. Or call our customer service center at 1-800-395-4477. Are your monthly water bills draining your wallet? Then you need Valley Soil, your one-stop expert on water conservation to save you water time and most of all money. With over 35 years of experience, Valley Soil has implemented numerous conservation programs for water districts throughout California. They have performed over 12,000 water audits and installed over 300,000 smart irrigation products for municipalities, residential, and commercial property owners, saving over 293 million gallons of water each year. That's enough to fill 15,000 swimming pools. Their services also include indoor water audits, leak detection, retrofits, reclaim water systems, and manage water use and data tracking. As certified irrigation auditors and a state-licensed landscape contractor, you can trust them to be knowledgeable about the services you need, products they install, and best practices in water conservation. For an individualized water solution for you, contact them today at 888-268-1009. That's 888-268-1009 or valleysoil.com. Remember, when it comes to innovative ideas to save water, Valley Soil never lets you run dry. Hey, welcome back to the Water Zone with Mike and Rob. Hope everybody's having a good day. And today is DIY Sprinkler Guy Day. Richard, are you around? I know you are. You're breaking. Oh, you're breaking up really bad. Hello? Hello. Were that you, sounds a little better. Oh, yes. Were oh, you, were how you, you doing? I'm in Northern California. Oh, oh. You sounded like you were getting flooded. Is it raining? <laughs> nope, it's not raining, but Monday and Tuesday was uh, raining pretty good. There's something that uh, a lot of the reservoirs are full up here. They're higher than they've been in the last uh, five to eight years. Well, Mike and I were talking about uh, getting a tanker truck, a couple of them going up there and getting the water that they're going to just turn turn loose on. Send out to the ocean. And opening up the board, saying that uh, full 
is at the highest it's been in eight years and several others. So they've had to open them up and let some of the water coming out. So what do you got for us this week? Well, the thing is, is that a lot of people use cut-off nipples. And uh, there's no reasonable price when you use nipples, but are the better way to go. Or swing possible tubing that you Hey, so, Richard, I'm going to have to interpret here. So if I heard you right, kind of like the rigid risers, half-inch threaded risers or nipples, uh, when you screw a sprinkler directly on there, there's no flexibility. There's no give and take, so to speak. And if that head gets knocked over in one direction or another direction, the weak link in the assembly of head screwed onto a nipple, screwed into a PVCT, that the nipple's going to give way. And you may not see it because that's underground, but you might very well see when the sprinkler system comes on that gurgling of water from underground. And then you've yeah. got to obviously, you know, get your shovel out and dig that out and, you know, fix that. So And get a, and get a new, you know, and, and, and the Toro makes it. There's quite a few different people that make a pipe that you can put on a barbed fitting and then swing that in, and it's just almost impossible to have that happen again. And that is an excellent way to repair where you have your sprinkler head. Yeah, I think we sometimes refer to those as flexible swing joints so that there's it's kind of a lever. Got some play in can, it. Yeah, it got some play in it so that if the head does get pushed by a lawnmower or a tire of a car, that that flexible tubing that's connected to the fittings that basically it's like a – cushion between the PVC pipe in the ground and the pop-up head itself. My grandkids like to play soccer and stuff in the backyard, and and I have those swing joints in it because because of that, because they bump into it, they kick the soccer ball into it, the dogs run into it. Hey, you know, kids have it easy these days. You know, when I was growing up and we played football or baseball in our yard, we had to trip over those brass... (laughs) Spray heads that were, you know, you dig a big hole around, you know, big yeah. gas around there. So, boy, you would, you'd, you, you could cut yourself pretty in, good. In the olden days, because I'm not 20 years old anymore, when I was playing football in college, I played one year, only wow. one. Wow. Was, no, I wasn't great or nothing. But it, I, I was co-captain for the day only because the real captain and the other co-captains were all sick. So they had to nominate somebody for the day. So that was me. So it was fourth down, a couple yards to go. We call time, and I'm running off to the side to talk to the coach. And in those days, we had these plastic cleats that were like an inch long. The and old, you got, the old got one caught in a sprinkler? And I, no one's near me. I'm running off the field 30 yards from everybody, <laughs> and you see this guy go, whoop, whoop, and I broke my ankle. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me in my life, and I never did, never played sports after that. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That that is a bad news. So hey, that's uh, an awesome story, though. Yeah, well, I, I got ripped for that for years, and that was the end of that. So, <laughs> but hey, at least you got to play college football. That's cool. Well, anyway, oh, that's, that's incredible. But the big thing for today is make sure that when you replace a head, that you use the right type of funny pipe and the right.